You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 221. And today we're talking all about how your energy affects your hormones, not your hormones affecting your energy like commonly thought. You're gonna have to stay tuned to listen to this one. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to make health simple. Yes, here we're breaking down health made simple so you can get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so thrilled you're here in the middle of the summer energy series. Now, I have done multiple series here on the podcast, but nothing gets me more excited than this topic of energy because I really believe it's what pulls the whole mind, body, soul together into one functioning being. I know in the health space, we like to kind of segment off life and our body into separate segments, and we fail and neglect to look at how it's all working together. So I hope as we dive into this energy series more and more here on the podcast, that you're going to start to learn how we can see it as a whole. And in that process, start to learn ways and perspective changes that can help you overall live and health and get out and live your life more. Because that's what health is supposed to be, a tool of living your life. So if you haven't been following along, that's okay. Welcome. Uh, make sure you go back and listen to episode number 219 and 220 to get yourself caught up in the energy series. Now, it's not to say that you have to listen to those, but it does give a good introduction to what energy is because it can sound really woo-woo and I don't want to do that, but it really does open your eyes to understand how much of a life and what we're interacting with is just a measure of energy. Now today, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about energy and our hormones and how our energy is actually influencing our hormones, not the other way around like you always hear, right? I even Google searched it, trying to find someone who was talking about how your energy is determining your hormonal flow, and there really isn't anything specifically out there about it. Generally speaking, you're always going to find how your hormones are making you exhausted, But I'm going to argue today that it's actually the other way around. And if we can flip that equation to where it's supposed to be, again, it opens your eyes to how you can actually change. So I'm super pumped to dive into that today. But before we get there, I do want to tell you that I have a new summer batch cooking guide all ready to go for you. So if you're interested in batch cooking or you want some more recipes for summer, literally it is the only way that we eat healthy all week long. I just cook basic ingredients that I then layer together to make a healthy breakfast or add to a salad for lunch or even sometimes as a side for whatever we're eating at supper. It is how you make healthy food convenient and easy and ready to grab and eat anytime throughout the week. And really, it takes no more than an hour on the weekend. I promise it's not too good to be true. It is actually, as I say, so easy, so convenient. And I give you all the recipes you need for four full weeks of batch cooking. Basically, you could just repeat this menu a few times throughout the summer and you have your summer done, right? It's all there and ready to go. The better news is, is if you're vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free or dairy-free, I give you all the substitutions you need to make it what you need it to be. 
And I'd like to say these are really realistic recipes that my family actually enjoys, and it's not going to make you go out and find and hunt down all these weird ingredients that you don't even know what I'm talking about. So I promise it is really good, and it is less than $10. So you're going to want to head on over to simplerootswellness.com to grab the summer batch cooking guide. I know you're going to love it. Again, you can find all of that at SimperitzWellness.com to grab that batch cooking guide. And while you're there, don't forget to check out today's show notes where I give more information on healing your hormones and how to kind of flip the spectrum to really understand as a whole how your body's working together. So make sure you check that out along with other hormonal resource guides is over there again at the show notes at SimperitzWellness.com backslash 221. That's 221. Just bizarre that we're already at 221 episodes here at Sunforts Radio, but it couldn't be done without people like you. And my last announcement is I am just so thrilled you're here and honored that you would be here. I know I get asked all the time, how can I best support you and help you? And literally for a podcast, the only way to do that is to rate and review the show. I know it sounds annoying and you hear it on every single podcast but it really is the lifeblood of the show. It's what helps it to grow and to be seen. And so leaving ratings and review does mean a lot to me. So if you have something positive to say, I would love for you to head on over to simperitswellness.com backslash review and drop a five-star rating and why you're loving the show. Again, people read these um, and they take your word for it. So I would love for you to do that. It helps me out so much and you only have to do it one time. So if you wouldn't mind, leave a rating or review, head on over to iTunes where you can find the show or just go to simperitswellness.com backslash review and leave a rating and review. I read every single one. They mean the world to me. Now I will say like, of course we don't love to get bad reviews, but it happens occasionally. I understand the show's not for everyone. I understand that I talk too fast. That's okay. I'm passionate and I'm working on it. But if you have something that you would like, some constructive criticism or something you'd like to see, I would love for you just to email me that and we can have an open conversation about what it is that you'd like to see here on Separates Radio. So if you'd love to email me, I'd love to see what you're saying, what you think, any ideas for shows that you have. I'm always open to that. So please just shoot me an email and I will get back to you. But that's enough for announcements because today we have a great show. So today is all about energy and your hormones. Now, this is kind of a tricky subject because I think what we've been taught is actually the opposite of how your body works. Now, I've had this argued that it's a chicken and egg kind of situation. Did your hormone imbalance cause your exhaustion or did your exhaustion actually cause your hormonal imbalance? And I kind of wanted to leave it there as like, you know, chicken or egg, either or, does it really matter? But I think in the scope of actually healing your hormones for both men and women, this is a really, really important conversation to have. And as I've been digging into energy and the work that I'm doing, you know, the whole concept that our hormones are the villain just wasn't adding up to me. Like our hormones in the body, if we really pay attention to what they're doing and acting as simply a communication channel from organ systems to cells uh, to communicate what is happening inside of the body and what perceptions our brain is picking up on, then it's hard to argue that our hormones are out of balance simply because of some unknown reason, right? Or simply because of just a faulty diet 
Because I think that makes it seem like, oh, your hormones are to blame, right? Oh, there's not much I can do because it's just a hormonal problem. It, it feels like there's this disconnect happening from you as a human to your hormones. It villainizes something that was never intended to be villainized. So as I dug into this, I really wanted to dive into like, is that true? Is it true that our hormones are causing a host of symptoms that we don't like. And if we can just start to pinpoint what specific hormone we need to fix, then we can easily do that with drugs and bioidentical hormones and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. There is absolutely a place for all of that, and it is necessary and needed. Sometimes our hormonal system does flaw. But the majority of the time, I want to argue Is it not our hormonal system that's causing the symptoms, but is it actually something that we're doing to our body, our energy flow within our body that is making our hormones fire or communicate information that creates symptoms of warning to our body? Let me back up and say this again, right? Maybe it's not that our hormones have somehow misfired or miscommunicated or kind of gone awry and that's led to a host of symptoms which you hate, right? And you want to try to end. So our solution in our head is pinpoint the hormone and fix that hormone. Again, it kind of villainizes the hormone system. It kind of makes your hormones feel like they're the problem. But what I wanna do is I wanna flip that on its head and say, what if your hormones aren't to blame? What if it's actually your hormones responding to a response, to a perspective, to what's going on in your thought process, creating a flow of hormones that causes what looks like to you as self-destruction when actually it's self-protection? Let's talk about why this is so important, right? And, And hopefully by the end, you can kind of see this. Like I believe that it's our energy flow or our lack of positive energy flowing through our body that actually causes our hormones to flow or to move in a direction that is unhealthy or that appears to be unhealthy for us, right? Our When, when we don't have the energy that our hormones need to function as they should, then things start to change, right? Our, our body starts to do something differently. And that often looks like storing, hoarding, and conserving, which obviously means weight gain. It means slowing down your immune system so you might get sick more often. It can also mean preserving energy, right? Which looks like exhaustion. But I don't think it's your hormones that are causing your exhaustion. I think it's a misuse of energy on the front side of that, which is triggering a different hormonal flow than that which we see in a healthy, well-functioning body. So I don't want to be talking in circles. Let me give you some examples, right? So essentially what happens in our body, we have two states. We either have survival, which is considered sympathetic response, Or we have the thriving state, which is known as our parasympathetic state. Now, it really does become pretty simple to look at the body in these two forms. Some like to argue that there's actually another form in the middle somewhere, but we're just going to look at it as either or. Our body can either be in the parasympathetic state or the sympathetic state. It's a response of the nervous system based on the perspective of what's happening around you. So your nervous system is going to respond based on mostly your perspective, your thought process, but also what it's encountering in the environment in which you live. 
And within those two states, your body has a choice, right? If it's going to go into this parasympathetic state, which is a relaxed state, it's going to release more hormones such as oxytocin. In a parasympathetic state, it basically says there's no threat on your body. You are free to relax. Things are going well. Take a deep breath and enjoy life. Like that is what parasympathetic state is known for, is known for enjoyment, for laughter, for relaxation, um, for rejuvenation, deep sleep, healing, all of these really beautiful things. On the flip side, we have the sympathetic state. And our sympathetic state is more of our fight or flight response. It's our get up and go. It's our drive. Um, It creates work ethic, but it also is a driver of fear and uncertainty and scarcity. And what happens in that state is it triggers a different hormonal response, which is specifically what I want to talk about today so you can start to understand how energy is affected by this. In that sympathetic state, our body is going to really shut down. It's going to conserve. It's going to hoard and it's going to hold on to. It's going to stop all these unnecessary functions of survival. And those unnecessary functions of survival happen to be our immune response. They happen to be our digestive system, our fertility and reproduction. All of those systems cease in a sympathetic or a stress response because it's not needed for survival. Anything that's not needed for survival kind of goes by the wayside, right? Your body stops using it. And and often this leads to things like irritable bowel and potentially Crohn's and infertility. It can also lead to weight gain and all these annoying symptoms that we automatically just relate to a hormonal issue. But I hope you're really starting to see the big picture that maybe it's not the hormones that are at fault, but actually the perspective or the state in which our body is working in, right? It's the environment and the perspective of what we're providing, the information we're giving our body as to whether it is in safe, healthy, relaxed state or whether we need to be on high alert, whether there's a threat and we're feeling unsafe, which is the thing about weight loss that we have to remember, and a lot of people want to link it to hormones, but here's the deal. You can never get healthy when your body feels threatened. In order to truly lose weight, you have to have safety and security within yourself in order to release that so your body can step into parasympathetic mode. So I want to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper, but this matters. And I know a lot of men, like as soon as we start talking about hormones, you just shut down. But I don't want you to shut down today if you're listening, because this is just as important for you as it is for women. Like it or not, um, yes, we are two totally different beings, but our hormones are really not that much different from each other. This is going to matter in the scope of all of that because what is affecting women in a negative hormonal flow, right, causing infertility and weight gain and menopause and PMS symptoms is actually influencing men and the testosterone spectrum, causing low libido, uh, weight gain, lack of drive, lack of motivation, even depression and exhaustion. So it's all working the same way. So I kind of want to break this down to hopefully clarify some more information. And then we'll start talking about what in the world can we do about this, right? Our body is constantly living life and it's reacting to what's happening around us. Most of the time it's reacting to our perspective of what's happening around us. That perspective part is really, really important and plays into what we talked about last week in episode 220. We're going to talk a lot more about the perspective of our mind 
even as we get into our belief system, because our perspective is greatly influencing the scope of how our body is responding. So if we have a negative, if we're constantly kind of living in this negative perspective, our body is going to constantly live as if there's a threat. So what you're thinking is really, really, really important to what your body's doing. So again, your body is going to respond to life on a neurological basis based on a perspective, whether that's stress or whether that's love. Let's just use stress, for example, because this is an easy one to understand how our hormones kind of change based on this. So if you have an increase in stress or fear in life, which the majority of us do, what happens is your body's going to start to release hormones based on that. When our body starts releasing hormones based on that, those hormones are things like adrenaline, norepinephrine, and cortisol. And they're all working to provide the needs your body needs to get through that threatening period. So things like adrenaline, adrenaline is going to work to mobilize energy in your body, and it's going to work to maintain focus. So essentially, what adrenaline's doing is it's pinpointing the stress in life, and it's going to rush your focus and your energy there. With it, what comes a few minutes later is cortisol, and cortisol is going to work to regulate other functions. It's going to start to shut down functions that your body doesn't need for survival, like slowing your immune system and your metabolism and your digestive system, and it's going to increase functions for survival, like your heart rate, your blood pressure, your respiratory rate. All of that is going to rise while other functions unnecessary for survival are going to decrease. Now, this is really good. Like the stress response in the body is amazing. It is definitely needed in our system and we would not be here without it. So I don't want you to think this is just all wrong and we just need to overcome the stress response. You're always going to have a stress response and this is critical to survival. In fact, it's kept 99.9% of us alive for as long as we've been alive. The problem isn't the stress response. The problem is how often we're in this response or we're becoming out of balance. So what happens when we have an increase in stress and we start to release this adrenaline and an increase in cortisol, we start to mobilize energy and shift our focus to that of the problem. And the longer we start to fixate on the problem, the longer the stress response kicks in and continues to drive. Now, hormonally speaking, where we start to see exhaustion come into the picture is when you're mobilizing and channeling energy into a negative direction, you're automatically losing energy and all the other positive ways that your body needs it. So like, say for instance, you got into an argument with your spouse, right? That's exhausting, right? You all of a sudden had all of this energy to argue and to get into a fight, but over the course of time and as that continues, you start to notice that that's having a drastic effect in how you're feeling, not just in the moment of the argument, but after. You start to feel more fatigued. Maybe you need to take a nap. Some people get stress headaches. All of those things are signs that you've channeled your energy your abundant energy into a negative direction, kind of boxing it off so that your body no longer has it available to use for other functions. So it focuses and channels your energy most often in today's society in a negative direction, causing more exhaustion. But where this gets even more important in the hormonal flow is that 
One of the precursors of making cortisol is actually progesterone. So in order to, like, if you think about hormones as needing a recipe to be built, progesterone and cortisol need the same ingredients, which means that when you need more cortisol to respond to stressful situations or to respond to fear or whatever it is in your life that's causing a feeling of unsafety or whatever it is, your body is going to channel the ingredients needed to produce progesterone, which could very well be the most important hormone in men's and women's body. It's not just a female sex hormone. This is critical for males, and we'll talk about why in a second, but it's going to take those ingredients and instead of making progesterone, it's going to make cortisol. So not only is cortisol going to increase, but that's going to increase your inflammation and it's going to decrease progesterone levels. This is where we start to see more of those quote-unquote hormonal implications happening because of a stress response or because of whatever state we are in the body. Once progesterone declines, then our ability to reach deep sleep decreases, our libido As women, our ability to stay in balance between estrogen and progesterone decreases, making women more estrogen dominant, which comes with a host of other problems. On the flip side, progesterone is a precursor to testosterone. So in order to make testosterone, men actually need enough progesterone. So if men don't have adequate amounts of progesterone because those ingredients are getting pumped into making cortisol... What happens is male's testosterone decreases. And a decline in testosterone has a number of implications that are so damaging for the male body. So don't just think of progesterone as a female sex hormone. It actually is just a precursor, and it's definitely needed in both men's and women's bodies, in fact, at decent doses. So again, you can start to see that maybe it's not the hormones that are the fault of this, right? It's it's our response to life. It's how we're moving energy through our body and how we're choosing to do that that's actually influencing what state our body's in and what state our body's in is determining how much energy on the flip side that we have and what our body's doing with everything that's going on within it. So again, What state of the body, whether that be our thriving state where we're in parasympathetic mode, which allows more of these sex hormones and what you would typically feel like of these healthy hormones to flow adequately happens in the parasympathetic state. In the sympathetic state or in our survival mechanism, when cortisol rises and adrenaline goes up, it really does throw kind of all these other hormones out of balance because it steals the ingredients they need. And this is where we see those quote-unquote common hormonal symptoms come into play. Not because, again, your hormones are necessarily out of balance and that fixing that with something external is going to solve that. Because it's really just a mechanism of your body stealing those ingredients needed for normal hormonal flow to pump into survival. So what is the answer to all of this, right? Like, what what is the solution? And and I think what I really want to get across in this podcast is you're not exhausted because of your hormones. Like, our hormones are not the villain of the story, Your body is not the problem. In fact, your body is working incredibly hard to heal your body. Your body's working incredibly hard to keep you alive. 
it's not always your hormonal problem. It's how we're channeling the energy within our body. You see, your hormones aren't creating exhaustion. It's the misuse of energy on the front side of that equation that's actually creating this hormonal imbalance or what we feel like is a hormonal imbalance, which is actually survival to your body, causing a host of other things that make you exhausted, gain weight, have poor immunity, all the things that we really, really hate. So could it be if we recognize hormones as an energy problem, could it be then that fixing your hormonal flow does not look like trying to perfectly measure where your hormones are on some blood tests, but simply working to understand how capable we are as humans to either channel energy in a positive direction or in a negative direction? See, again, energy can be neither created nor destroyed. So what that means is that we have an abundance of energy. We all have plenty of energy. The problem isn't the energy. The problem is how we're using the energy. Just like the food that we eat. Generally speaking, it's not necessarily just about the food that you eat, but how your body's using that food. And how your body's using that food is based on how your energy is flowing through your body. So what happens with the energy in the body and why this is so important for hormones is, again, we have an abundance of energy. We have plenty of energy for our body to do the job it was designed. And if you're ill, your body has plenty of energy to come back in and fix that, to heal that, if you give it the support it needs to do that. So we are here, and I think my biggest message in this whole energy series, which were only episode three of 10, is that we have to learn how to support our body's energy. How can we channel our energy, this abundant flow of energy that we have in a direction of health rather than in these negative boxed off sources that lead to huge, huge problems in our life? Next week on the podcast, I have someone coming on to talk about energy and to make this more clear biologically. And I think you're really gonna love the interview that I do with him. I'm super pumped to talk with him and have him on the show but again, to, to clarify, because this is such a sticky subject, and I hope it's starting to make more sense, energy is in abundance, which means that energy can either freely flow through us, which is the ideal balanced state, or we have the ability to channel energy in different directions. So where we focus is often where our energy goes. So again, with adrenaline, right? And a stress response, adrenaline is released to captivate your attention. It's there to make your eyes fixate on the problem. And with that comes a rush of energy. If we didn't have adrenaline, then we wouldn't notice problems or situations around us. Like adrenaline is what gets our attention and keeps it there. Um, And in that process, you're channeling your energy into something. Now, sometimes that can be a really good thing, right, of solving a problem or finding a solution, doing something good in the world, right? But oftentimes what happens inside of our body and where we are today is that's getting channeled into mass amounts of fear that we have absolutely no control over. And once you get there and you recognize and you have your, your, your focus fixated on this fear, it becomes really, really difficult to move back away from that. But as long as we're fixated there, we're channeling our energy there. And in fact, we're stealing energy from all these other functions that are necessary for thriving in the body. 
So if our body's releasing mass amounts of adrenaline, our focus is getting fixated, sometimes in unhealthy directions, and it's literally shutting off functions in our body that our body needs for thriving. And therefore, if you're often on what they would consider an adrenaline rush, you're no longer able to fixate or allow your body to step into the thriving state. Now, what's even more fascinating about that is adrenaline is technically as addictive as any kind of class one drug. And so it is really important to note that adrenaline is becoming a really, really big issue and needs rebalancing inside of most of our bodies. Some people believe that there is a hereditary trait that's being passed down that adrenaline dominance is becoming larger and larger and larger in our society. Even um, if we look at autistic children, this is just a good example of adrenaline dominance. Most of the time, those kids are raging with adrenaline. And what that does is it allows them to fixate and focus on specific things, why they're often extremely and incredibly smart and able to do incredible tasks is because they can channel all of their focus and energy into doing that. But in the process of that, they shut down processes unnecessary for survival, which sometimes mean communication, right? Why many autistic children can't speak, can't communicate, like have a hard time opening up is because they're living the majority of their life in this sympathetic state with an adrenaline rush that's channeling them into intense focus, but unable to allow them to enter into this parasympathetic mode that opens them up to love and communication and laughter and like the emotional side of our being. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, this is a cure-all for autistic children, but it is an interesting way to help you hopefully start to understand this. But we're living in an adrenaline-dominant society, which must mean then, right, that We have an intense drive to fixate on negative things. And in the process of doing that, whenever adrenaline is released, cortisol is always flowing with it, which must mean then that progesterone levels are on the decline. And when we have a decrease in progesterone levels, then we have a decrease in our thriving state. We don't sleep as well. We can't relax. We have a lower libido. We have fertility issues. A lot of times we have an inability to manage or lose weight. Some people have an inability to gain weight. And again, it's all because of these dominant hormones that are released in the survival response coming from a perspective. Not all the time, but generally speaking, our perspective is going to determine how our energy is flowing and whether we're channeling it in a negative direction. Some people say it's kind of giving that energy away or we're boxing up our energy, which we're going to talk about in a totally different podcast. So what do we do about this, right? Like what is the answer to all of this? The first and foremost point that I want to make is I think we have to stop blaming our hormones. We have to stop pinpointing that as the problem and fixating our focus there. Because as long as we focus on our hormones being the problem, they will rarely ever be our solution. When in fact, they are totally our solution to health and healing and thriving because it's our hormonal response, which is how our body communicates with each other, that's going to determine what our body does with whatever it's been given. So 
Again, in order to lose weight, for example, right, we have to allow and tap into the idea that our hormones are telling our fat cells when to release, when to open up and to let go of, and also on the flip side, when to start storing and conserving and hoarding. So we have to understand that our hormones are not to blame. They're simply the messenger. We have to go to the root. And the root of hormonal health is going to be found in our perspective and the environment in which we live. It really all stems from our belief system. All of health starts with our belief, which we're going to dive into in later podcasts. But for now, I think an easy answer is to understand Am I thriving or do I feel like I'm just surviving? Because if you're just surviving, if you feel threatened or you feel unsafe, or if you're creating hate and hurtful things inside of your head, right? If you're saying hurtful things over and over and over to yourself, kind of living in this fixed negative mindset, even you could be the one that's actually just making you survive. You could have the best life all around you. But it's you inside of your own head that's pushing your body into survival, which is causing your thriving hormones to cease and increasing kind of all these what we would think of as a hormonal imbalance, but all of your survival hormones to increase. So look around. Are you thriving or are you just surviving? And what would change if you started to look at your body in the scope of not just doing something to make your body or force your body to do what you want it to, but actually start to work with your body to understand your body and more importantly, to love your body. You know, it sounds really cheesy and uh, so impractical to be like, well, just love your body. Because I know I took a poll. The majority of the people think that they cannot love themselves. The reality is, even in the Bible, it talks as if it's assumed that we already love ourselves. And again, this is where I want you to focus. Self-love is in you. Loving yourself, doing the most nourishing thing for yourself is burst inside all of us. The problem or the disconnect comes in is sometimes self-love can look like self-protection. Meaning sometimes when you're failing or neglecting to consciously love your body, what your body does in love is it self-protects. Meaning it sends out all kinds of survival hormones to store, hoard, and conserve. It shuts down unnecessary functions to keep you alive, to keep you upright, to keep you moving as long as it possibly can. Your body is always loving you, regardless of how much you're loving yourself. If you really want to change, though, you have to learn how to love your body as much as your body loves you and trust that it's working everything in its power to do exactly what it was designed to do. And that is it wants to thrive. Your body wants to be at a healthy weight. It wants to work in perfect harmony. It wants to communicate well with each other. It wants to have an abundance of energy. It's not your body that's feeling you. Often it's us that's feeling our body. It's you that's feeling your body. It's your mindset. It's your perspective. It's your environment that you've created that is causing your body to lose trust and therefore send out a cascade of hormones that are just keeping you alive. And that is the deepest, truest form of love your body has to offer is everything in a power to keep you alive. And so what would change, again, if we could stop looking at your body as the villain 
and understand in a conscious way that we have, we are making the choice to do something with the abundance of energy that we have. We're either channeling it in a healthy way or in a negative way or boxing it up. And if we could start to understand that flow of energy and what things in our life are slowing it down, what things are stopping it, what things are channeling it in a negative way, then we can start to learn how we can truly love and support our body the way it needs to be supported. And that is nothing more than a healthy flow of energy. That is like the only thing as humans we need to worry about in the health space. Because inside our body, it is designed to do everything else. Now, how does medicine, how does all this other stuff fit into that, right? Really, all of medicine is doing is it's trying to support the energy flow of the body. Take, for instance, like a a bacteria, right, inside of your body. We know that that bacteria is taking mass amounts of energy in order for your body to fight that and try to get rid of it. When our body doesn't have the energy flow necessary to fight that off, again, because we've channeled it in a different direction or right, we're not feeding our body well, whatever the case is, when our body doesn't have the energy to fight that off, we start getting more symptoms, what we consider biofeedback markers that say, warning, 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 there's a problem. And so say, for instance, like the bacteria, you know, like with strep throat, your throat gets red and it gets swollen and your body's working. It's encapsulating the virus and creating pus and excess mucus and it's sore, right? Like all of that is your immune system working to try to override the bacteria. Now where medicine comes in, it says like, hey, sometimes your body just can't get rid of it. And therefore I'm going to come in with an antibiotic and I'm going to kill the bacteria so it's no longer taking all the energy away from all the other systems of your body. All of medicine, right, is in some way supporting the natural energy of flow of your body. Now, I'm not promoting like, oh, let's just go take tons of antibiotic. We want to support our body in a healthy way. It's the same system over and over. The same thing goes with like some of these holistic practices, like essential oils. They're fantastic because they're supporting the body's energy flow. They're giving the body energy. Saunas, it's giving the body energy. Movement, it's giving and channeling the body's energy in the right direction. It's helping it to become unstuck in some ways. Cold showers, laughter, massage. I mean, tons and tons and tons of tools at our disposal, but the way they're all acting on the body at the most basic, simple level is they're supporting the body's energy. And this is exactly what we need to focus on in order to truly get healthy and to start to thrive. So all of that to say is I hope it cuts through the confusion of what about estrogen and progesterone and what about all these other like, what about adrenal fatigue and all these other hormones? Like, no, it's all in response to your body's energy flow and where it feels like there's a problem or where it's threatened, it's going to completely enter into a new hormonal cascade that really does cause what you would consider to be all of your hormonal symptoms, when in fact, that's your body's way of loving you, of just protecting you. So if we can go back in and love our bodies well and support our bodies and provide what it needs. So what does your body need to have the right energy flow in order for cortisol and adrenaline not to take off in order for you to truly step into thriving? Well, that's a pretty basic stuff, right? We need deep sleep. We need to understand how stress is influencing our body and look at the stress 
and see it not necessarily as a bad thing, but a good thing? Like, can you change your perspective of stress? And if you can't, what are some practices in your daily life that you can use to fill your body up? Meaning, how can you uh, take time out of your day to, to utilize and open up to activities that you love, which is going to open up your energy channels, right? So taking a hot bath, going on a walk, getting coffee with a friend, reading a book. There's lots and lots of little tiny practices that you could incorporate into your daily life that are going to fill you up. Most people tell you this is rest and relaxation. And while I fully believe that we do need to get deep sleep, rest doesn't always look like being stagnant and just sitting on the couch. You can do active rest. Rest is a form of kind of resting the mind and allowing you to kind of live present. That's what I think of rest and I think the most healing form. When it comes to food, there are foods that give your body energy or allow your body to have a natural flow. And there's foods that take a lot of energy from your body. Um, So whole foods, foods of the earth, those things are going to fill you with energy rather than steal your energy. And so things that might steal your energy are like processed foods that take a lot to break down and your body has to process through all those unnecessary ingredients and try to detoxify them. And added sugar can weigh the body down, right? Yes, it's an energy source and glucose is needed uh, and why carbohydrates are needed, but too much can cause a lot of problems and a lot of fatigue. So starting to pay attention in your life. This is the most important thing I could tell you. Pay attention in your life to what you feel like is allowing you to experience energy, to experience that feeling of thriving, and what things in your life, what people, what experiences, what foods kind of make you feel not so great. And it really does just start with awareness and then understanding why you're feeling that way. I know it would be easy for me to sit here and just be like, well, don't eat this and eat this and don't do that and eat this. But the reality is, is while I can give you a foundation to stand on, like eat more vegetables, eat more fruits, have some healthy fats, try intermittent fasting, get deep sleep, move your body, make sure you're hydrating well, take care of your mind, try therapy. All of those things are such great things. What you need to pay attention to in your life that's the most important is understanding where you're encountering things that are channeling your energy in a negative direction and what things are filling you up, what things are allowing that energy to truly flow through your body, that feelings of abundance of energy. Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, this is, I'm exhausted. I don't have that scope. Like, I, I don't believe in any of this then just be aware of what is taking your energy. Be aware of the ability to understand that in the morning when you wake up, you probably feel your best. And why throughout the day do you feel like you get more and more and more emotionally fatigued? You're more apt to reach for cravings and um, to suppress these emotions with food. That in the end is like your body channeling your energy in a negative direction, which makes you feel like you don't have energy. And therefore, in order to fill yourself back up, you feel like we've been taught that food is energy. And so you know that if you feed yourself, you'll probably feel better. But being careful to understand that it's not necessarily that you have to eat that energy. And it's not even to say that eating that energy is actually going to fill you up and it could cause more problems than good. 
but understanding and being more aware of what is taking your energy away and how can you get that back. I feel like I'm rambling and I wish I could sit face to face with you so that I could answer your questions and see you and make sure that this is soaking in. These are big, big, big topics, but I hope that you're finding it's pretty simplistic and the answer. All of health is really channeled into how is your body using the abundance of energy and how it's using it is based on our conscious choices and our habits and our rhythms that we have incorporated into life. So I know this probably seems overwhelming and some of you are like, I'm still not mine. You've got to come back next week for the interview that I have with a special guest that he breaks down energy in a more biological-based way. He's actually a pharmacist, um, and so he's going to bring in a little bit more of that medical scope. But this really is a big topic. It's not like Alexa's just making this up. But I do feel like it's not getting the attention that it deserves. Um, And I think it could really change the scope of how you do things. Is it difficult because it doesn't come with rules? Absolutely, right? We've been told if there's no rules, if it's not painful, is it even working? But the reality is this is literally about opening up to see yourself, to see who you are as you are and learning how you can treat that being with respect and the love that it needs in order to thrive. It's really looking at life and thinking, is this the most loving, healthy thing that I could be doing? In some cases, the most loving thing you could be doing is having, ordering a pizza and eating with your friends over a card game, right? Like that could be the most loving thing and that's totally okay and acceptable. And you're gonna do something completely different with that pizza than if you order a pizza because you're feeling bad about yourself and then you eat the pizza and then you feel guilty and shameful and you kind of want to beat your body into submission because you can't even believe that you did that, right? Feelings of guilt, shame, and hate all lead to survival mode in the body, which means cortisol and adrenaline are going to rush. And I don't want to talk too much about this now, but I think that that the, the response of adrenaline is why so many people find so much comfort in the negative space and kind of staying here. Like you want to change, you desperately want to change, but there is an underlying addiction to the place that you are that has become a comfort. It has become a home. It has become a safety net. So you really have to teach yourself Um, by loving yourself, that the other side of this, on the other side where you love yourself and you enjoy life and you, the majority of the time, eat really well, but sometimes nourishing and loving your body can mean having a drink with your friends or having pizza or eating that piece of cake at that party. That's okay, but you have to understand it's not because it's not about counting things or measuring or beating your body in submission, but it's actively and daily and hourly asking your body, is this the most loving thing that I could be doing right now? Do I desire it? Is it something I want? Can I do it in good conscience? Can I enjoy it? Then go for it. If you feel like, yeah, I'm just not that hungry. I mean, it looks good, but I'm really not that hungry. I guess I don't really even need it. You can walk away from it. You're making decisions based on your own needs, not based on what someone else is telling you. And that's where you're going to find health. So at this point, I'm rambling because I'm so fired up about this topic and I would love to know what you think. So leave a comment or rating and review 
or just send me an email to alexa at simperancewellness.com. I love to hear your feedback. So many of you send me emails and I just so enjoy conversing with you and getting to know you. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this subject, what questions you have, because you might not have heard hormones broken down in such a way, um, but I hope it helps. If you're interested in this concept of progesterone, because it really matters for men and women, I'm going to be breaking down a few blog posts over on Simple Reds Wellness about that. So men, there's a whole blog post coming specifically to you on how you can better support your hormones. And women, there's one for you as well. Um, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you check SimperitsWellness.com to find those. And also just sign up for my email list because that's where I send out all the updates that you need to know. You can get on my email list over at SimperitsWellness.com. Again, I'm going to do specific posts for you to break down what it is that you need to know. And I really don't want to leave men out because I know that they get left out so much. And this is really important. But women, it's equally as important for you and could really change the game. So again, some things that you could do is pay attention. What is the most loving thing you could do? And look at your life and think, am I just surviving and or am I thriving? And if you're surviving, what things could you do to support your body in that time? It's all about supporting that energy flow. So that's it for today. I hope you loved it. Come back next week as we dive into that interview with my special guest. I can't wait to have him on. We'll be talking more about energy in a pharmaceutical space and it's going to be a lot of fun. So anyways, I will see you guys back here next week. Don't forget to head to the show notes for more information at semperancewellness.com backslash two, two, one. Here's to having the best energizing day.